the topic was improving our prayers public and private that was uh, the topic that was written up there and um, one thing you'll notice if you do much studying on the topic of prayer you'll realize there's a lot more in the book in your lap than we're going to be able to cover today uh, so I've you know just chosen some things that I felt like would be the most helpful uh, in regards to that topic uh, in improving our prayer so we won't talk about all the ins and outs of, uh, of every aspect of prayer uh, but I do think I hope the things we talk about today will be helpful to each and every one of us that song 73 uh, is one of my favorite songs it's, it's almost like a a song that I wish I was you know this idea of uh, that sweet hour of prayer uh, and taking that time is something that I uh, am not all that good at and I don't think I'm alone in that uh, it's just like any other thing that that we want to do it's a do we make enough of a priority in our lives reading our Bible praying to God those types of things do it's something that uh, I have to take time out of out of my day to do and do I always do like I should no I don't uh, but it's something that um, I'm constantly aware of and mindful of and like I say I don't think I'm alone in that it's uh, it seems when when I talk to others about uh, a topic such as prayer or study it seems to be pretty common among Christians that that's something that uh, we all seem to struggle with to some degree but I think as we study today you'll see that, that the men of God um, the folks that we would all look up to uh, that we read about Paul uh, especially was a man of prayer. He he prayed constantly. You know, if you look at some of the things he said in his epistles, and we'll look at those, he was always praying. I want to start out. I, I brought uh, my vines uh, this morning. Just wanted to pick out a couple things. Just defining what prayer is. You see, prayer, petition, supplication uh, mentioned throughout uh, our Bibles is kind of dealing with how we approach God, and those are the the words that are used. I'm going to just read some of the uh, definitions of pray uh, or prayer uh, as is listed in Vines. Uh, to pray, uh, to wish. <clears throat> then you have uh, to pray again, pray to God, uh, to ask, uh, to desire, to beseech, uh, to call to one's aid, uh, to entreat. And then again to beseech. So you have, and there's even more than that, but those are just the, the ones that I wanted to take time to look at this morning um, or to, to talk about this morning before we really got uh, going. If you would turn to uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, and we'll, we'll pick up there in just a minute. I wanted to start with just asking some, some questions of you just to get you uh, thinking about what we'll be discussing today and and I hope we kind of hit on um, a lot of these aspects but just some things for you to think about and, and be aware of while we're studying this morning um, what do you spend the most time praying for or about uh, when you are praying 
what's the topics of your prayers? Is it your job, your career, uh, schooling, your health or others' health, your family well-being? Um, you wanting the hardships to be over that are there? You know, I think a lot of us tend to pray more through uh, hardships. Um, you know, so when you are praying, what is your what are your prayers about? How often do you pray? Um, why do you pray? Is it a thing that you're looking to check off the list? I know I'm supposed to pray, so I will pray, and I've I've done that today or before this meal or whatever. Or is it? Um, or is there something within you that that has that longing uh, to pray to come before God? Uh, what is your attitude? I guess really uh, in those things. Let's look at. Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never had a sad, and now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart, so I became dreadfully afraid. And I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, and so he, you know, you get this response of Nehemiah to the king. And <clears throat> if you flip over to Daniel, chapter 6, and verse 10. We are very familiar with the story of Daniel, and uh, most of us are very familiar with his habits in regards to prayer, but I will read uh, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. And so we see... Um, you really kind of see the two, in my mind, the two, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but the two uh, modes of prayer or types of prayers. You have this uh, Daniel of this, I am actually going to take, you know, he set aside a certain time. We see that was his custom. This was his practice, his habit, that he would take those times out of his day, three times a day, to pray to God, to take uh, and petition God. Um, if you read in verse 11, uh, the folks uh, around him, then, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. So that's what they viewed it as, was Daniel praying, and then you have this idea of supplication. So Daniel coming before God um, in those three times that day. And so, at least in my mind, you see both of these aspects of prayer that we see in First Thessalonians five seventeen to pray without ceasing. Uh, you know, evidently Nehemiah felt like he could just at a moment's notice just say a petition God, say a prayer to Him, um, and address Him. And Daniel took those times. And I, you know, and I've heard before uh, that. You know, really, this idea of Daniel and going back to him and saying, "Well, that's how our prayers should be. Our prayers should be set. We should know when they are, 
uh, and that should be our time set aside. And I, I really think it should be a meshing of the two. Uh, you know, you see, and we're fishing to read a lot about Jesus and how his prayer habits, but um, you do see Jesus taking time out of his day to pray, but we also have this, this idea of what, what we see in Nehemiah of we should be continually petitioning before God. Uh, it should always be uh, in front of us uh, to know that we can come before God in that way. And, and I really think, like I've, like I've said, it, our, our prayer habits should be planned and unplanned. You know, we should be able to, um, our, our mindset should be of that, of that nature that we should be doing both. If you will, let's look over at, at, in the Gospels at Mark, or in the book of Mark, looking at uh, Jesus and using Him as uh, an example of, of, what, of how we should pray. <clears throat> Mark chapter 1 and verse... 35, Now in the morning, having risen a, risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So we see here that Jesus rising early in the morning, and what, uh, what else is he doing? He's, he went out uh, to a solitary place by himself, and, and he prayed there. Uh, if you flip over to Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, and in verse 41, and when, he, and when he had taken the loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. And so here we see, you know, Jesus, you know, giving thanks or, or blessing uh, the food before they eat it. He's, uh, you know, addressing God. He looked up to heaven to do so. If you look in verse 46... Uh, this is, of course, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 uh, there. If you look in verse 40, let's start in verse 45. Uh, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. So we see here again that Jesus is alone. He sent everyone away from him. Uh, and this is... Uh, the evening time. If you know much about where we are in Mark, uh, this has been a long day. Uh, and Jesus is, is taking that time uh, to go to the mountain to pray, to be away from everyone else to, uh, to focus uh, his, his thoughts. Luke 5. Luke 5 and in verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So here we just have Luke recording some habits of Jesus. He often did this. He withdrew himself again uh, into the wilderness and prayed. And then in chapter 6 and verse 12, It came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And so here we have an all-night prayer. You have morning, evening, all night. Uh, and what's he doing? He's going out, and he's making uh, he's making time for these things. And you know, and I'm sure many of you, you have heard um, this said. But you know, he was uh, God's son. He had as good a relationship with God as anyone 
could could have, and he still felt the need to separate himself and just talk with his father. Uh, and how much more uh, do we need that time if if Jesus uh, took that time to, to make that a part of his day uh, and even really taking time out of his uh, sleep hours to do so, even though he'd had a long day. Uh, and do, do I do that? Do you do that? Do you see as much of a need as Jesus did um, to take time to, to talk to his father? Uh, do, we, do we see that? And we could go on and on looking at Jesus' prayer life. I just wanted to pull some examples uh, out for us. We really could make a whole lesson just out of Jesus' habits in prayer. And really, it's all about making it a priority. You know, we've already talked about that a little bit, but really, that's that's where um, that's where it all hits home for all of us is making it a priority. Uh, Jesus had the same 24 hours in a day that we have. He didn't have any more, uh, but he made it a priority, and therefore he did those things, and um, we need to make it a priority as well. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. The rest of the lesson this morning, I want to focus on more of this idea that, that we've talked about with the, with the title of, of what was put on the board of improving our prayers. What will help us uh, truly improve the prayers that we have, um, that we are given? What will help us in that? The first thing I want to look at is, is our attitude and remembering really who we are and who God is. Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 6, But one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? Flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. That was also in the Psalms. That's where that comes from. Uh, but if you flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, let's look at verse 1. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God, and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know what they do for they do not know that they do evil do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God for God is in heaven and you on earth therefore let your words be few uh, and so really you know if we will keep in mind who we are and who God is and the the blessing that it even is for us to be able to come before the throne of God. Uh, remember that we are on earth and where God is, He's in heaven. So this, this idea of remembering uh, that we are uh, weak, we're sinful, uh, we're undeserving of this privilege to really even petition God in the way that we can, um, I think that'll keep us humble in our prayers and help us to, um, you know, like like uh, Solomon saying here, to don't be rash with what you're saying. Be mindful you are coming before the throne of the Almighty and be careful what you say. Don't come just hastily. Don't come unprepared. Don't come with not the right heart. Don't come... Um, in any of those ways before God, come uh, ready and prepared. Uh, and I think that 
will help us if we remember truly who we are. It'll help us be humble in that. And the other aspect of that is gratitude. Um, if you flip over to Ephesians 5, we'll start there. And this, you know, this is another topic even dealing with just the aspect of prayer um, that you could spend a whole lesson on. We're just going to be a point here in our lesson. But, you know, if we're thinking about being humble, what's, what's going to make us humble? Uh, and I think being grateful, being thankful um, will do that, help us, help us at least uh, be that way. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, this is in the context, um, really the idea started back in verse 15, uh, but you know, it's kind of pulled out. But giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 and in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, and in verse 17. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. In chapter 4 and verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. First <clears throat> Thessalonians 5. And then 17 and 18. Uh, Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Timothy 2 and then verse 1. Therefore I, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may live, live, lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. And also in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 4, For every creature of God is good, for every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And so you see here how closely knit prayer is with thanksgiving. So it's almost like you can't separate praying from thank, thanking God at the same time. It's, these things should be uh, really pretty much one in the same. Uh, we should be giving thanks for what? Uh, for all things. And if we're giving thanks for all things, we're recognizing that all these things come from who? They come from God. And so I think if we remember to always be giving thanks for everything, for the, for the good, for the bad, uh, for what we perceive as bad, the hardships, uh, whatever's we're struggling with in our life, if we'll give thanks for all those things, um, it'll keep our attitude in the right place. Uh, <clears throat> you know, your attitude and gratitude go closely together. You know, that's, they're, they're very much knit. Um, and here again, we need to be thankful for all, for all the things in our life. Um, you know, if you flip over to James chapter 1, <clears throat> and 
in verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Uh, you, know, you know, here we see that everything in this life that is good comes from who? It comes from God. Uh, and we should be giving thanks for all these things. The last uh, point that I want to talk about is praying for others. And this goes back to the question I asked at the beginning. Um, what are your prayers about? What are you praying the most for? You know, what is going on when you're sitting down to pray? Um, I think we'll, I want us to kind of get a point out of Paul here. Romans chapter 1, and we're going to do about the thing, same thing we did with gratitude or being thankful in our prayers. Just go through and look where Paul uh, talks about his praying for other people. And look at what, just keep in mind and, and pay attention to what he's praying for. Um, and also keep in mind of <laughs> all the folks he's, he is praying for. He had a long list. For God, Romans 1 and verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. And so what's, what's he praying for? Uh, there in verse 9, we see he's praying without ceasing. He's always praying for them. Uh, why? Because he wants to come to them. Well, why does he want to come to them? Uh, so that he may impart some spiritual gifts so they may be established. That is, in verse 12, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of, of you and me. So really, well, what's his goal here? His goal is their spiritual well-being. That's what Paul is really praying for here. That's why he's wanting to go see them. Philippians 4. Philippians, well, that's the wrong. Nope, oh, my bad, my bad. Ephesians, I was thinking that's the wrong list there. I wrote one list down twice. Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1. Starting in verse 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the, of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So here again, what is Paul praying for? Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my, in my prayers. And then what's, what's the next part? Their spiritual well-being again, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, may give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Their eyes would be opened, that they would be enlightened to know the will of God. Um, here again, the spiritual focus of his prayers in chapter th uh, 3 of Ephesians, starting at verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Here again, He's, pr he's praying that they would be strengthened uh, with might through, uh, through His Spirit in the inner man, through the Holy Spirit 
in the inner man. He's praying again for their spiritual well-being. Philippians chapter 1. Starting in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making a request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So here, again, he's he's thanking um, God, and he's praying for them, making a request for them, for them with joy uh, for their fellowship in the gospel. Uh, if you look over at Colossians 1, and keep in mind all the folks that he's can, telling them he's praying for, and I don't think he's lying. Colossians 1, starting in verse 3, For we give thanks to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. Um, so here again, he's, he's praying for them. Um, he's telling there in verse 3, he's giving thanks to God for them, and then he's praying for them uh, since we heard of your faith. So he's praying for their faith. Uh, he's praying for them uh, in a spiritual way. And look at chapter 4 of Colossians. Epaphras, uh, chapter 4 and verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently, fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So here we have Epaphras. You know, it's not Paul, but Epaphras. Uh, and he's fervently, he's laboring uh, fervently for you in prayers. So he's laboring in, in prayers. And so I think that's something we need to take note of. But what's he laboring, what's he praying for? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And Paul uh, brings that up here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Here again, he's giving thanks for them. And remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love um, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. Um, <clears throat> and well, I've got some more lists here, but for the sake of time, I won't continue reading them. But I think you get the gist. Paul uh, you see how he's giving thanks for them always. It's like he's he, he's giving thanks that he that they share in the spiritual things, and then he's praying for their spiritual well-being. He's petitioning God for that. When I think about um, a lot of the prayers, and I, and I don't want you to to think that I'm standing up here saying we ought not pray for uh, each other in a physical way. I, uh, you know, we can look at passages that definitely say that we should do that. Uh, but what is the focus of our prayers? Is it spiritual or is it physical? Is it always about, uh, you know, somebody's kid getting better? Uh, or is it about, um, you know, so-and-so traveling safely? Or uh, any of those things, some common things we pray for, and nothing wrong with that. But is our thought process always about other people's spiritual well-being? Is that always what we're praying for? Um, you know, I, I've heard uh, folks say that, you know, they pray for folks in their hardship that they'll see the need for Christ, see the need for God. You know, some terrible things happen. A loved one dies or something. Um, you know, our prayer should always be that, that we hope and we pray 
that something will happen in that person's life that, you know, if they aren't a Christian, they'll see the need uh, for God. And if they are a Christian, they'll see more of a need to be closer to God uh, through any of those things that are happening, uh, any of those hard times. And the reality is, is, is we can tell a lot about ourselves about what are we praying for. You know, and, and if you think about the, the basis of your prayers, what, what do you pray for? Uh, are you praying for the spiritual well-being of your family? Are you praying for the spiritual well-being of us together as a group of God's people trying to, uh, to grow? Um, you know, what are you praying for? So I think it's a legitimate question that we all should ask uh, ourselves. And that really um, concludes kind of the, the points that I wanted to make this morning uh, in dealing with improving our prayers. There's, I've been reading a book uh, on, a, on a general. He was, was an American general. And um, the guy is really, it talks a lot about who he was. And uh, he was a Presbyterian. Uh, so, you know, don't agree with everything about him. But uh, a lot of the things in his personal life put me to shame and make me embarrassed. And this is an excerpt out of the book I just kind of wanted to, uh, to share with you. And going back to this thought of, of praying and um, what, what we should be doing, praying without ceasing, really, in First Thessalonians 5, verse 17, you know, we see that command, but... What does that really mean? How does that, how does that look? And I'm not holding this guy up as the end-all be-all, but uh, it sure humbles me and uh, puts me to shame. I'll, I'll read this and, uh, before we close this morning. The guy asked him, how do you obey? And of course, everybody around this guy knew he was, uh, you know, he, he believed in, in, in God and he, he was a very religious man. How do you obey the Bible's command to pray without ceasing? And this was this fellow's response. I can give you my idea of it by illustration, if you will allow it, and will not think that I am setting myself up as a model for others. I have so fixed the habit in my own mind that I never raise a glass of water to my lips without lifting my heart to God in thanks and pray for the water of life. Then when we take our meals, there is the grace. Whenever I drop a letter in the post office, I send a petition along with it for God's blessing upon its mission and the person to whom it is sent. When I break the seal of a letter just received, I stop to ask God to prepare me for its contents and make it a messenger of good. When I go to my classroom and await the arrangement of the cadets in their places, that is my time to intercede with God for them. And so in every act of the day, I've made the practice habitual. Then the guy asked him if he ever forgot, and he responds, I can hardly say that I do. The habit has become almost as fixed as to, as to breathe. And so I think in this we see a guy that truly realized his dependence upon the Almighty. He truly recognized who he was and his dependence on God to intervene for him, to, um, to make every aspect of his of his day he realized where everything of this life comes from he realized it came from God uh, and he realized uh, who he was in that really is what it boils down to 
And you know, and if I think about if we really want to improve our prayers, what does that require? Um, you know, really, we just need to get busy praying. You know, we need to pray more. We need to um, remember our dependence on God to keep us humble. We need to be grateful for all, everything in our life, the circumstances, uh, the things that we, that we have. We just need to be thankful, be, be grateful. And then we need to make our prayers spiritual. I think that's really uh, what it boils down to. Well, I hope that uh, this morning has, has helped you in, in some small way. Uh, in improving your prayers. Uh, this morning has not been, uh, we hadn't talked about how to become a Christian, uh, really, but if there's any, any out there that um, need to do that, need to um, become a Christian, we'd love to help you. If there's uh, anyone out there that has not been living like they should and they need the help from the saints here, we'd ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.